0: I know the bulletin says 2 Peter, but this morning I want to use a different passage, a little clearer, a little easier to understand. 1 John 4, 7 through 12 will be my main text. But before I get there, I want to share with you verses that we've shared the last few weeks. I put one of them on the front of the bulletin, actually. And Psalm 8 Psalm 139, I'm going to share a little bit about that before I get to my main text found in 1 John 4, 7 through 12. How can we know God? If you were here in the early service, you would have seen a young lady come forward and a young man and both of them. A young lady just gave her heart to the Lord uh, last Thursday night is what she told me. And God's beginning to do a work in her and the young man trying to get back on track. Folks, I don't know about y'all. I find that exciting. You know why? Because there are a great number of people in churches all over our land, all over the world, they know about God. Hear me. There's a lot of people know about God, but they don't know God personally. Do you know God personally this morning? And if so, how can you know? How can you be sure? Here's Psalm 8. What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels or heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all the flocks and the herds and the beast of the field and the fish of the sea. All that swim in the sea, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That's why we had all the songs about creation this morning. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Folks, God through the beginning of time has been showing his glory and his power and his majesty through created world in which we live. The birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the, the animals on the land all reflect God's glory in some way. The rocks, the trees, the plants, the flowers, all of those things reflect God's glory. If you want to read a passage, that will make you sit up and take notice. Read read first chapter in Romans. God has shown his glory through all of creation so that men are without excuse. Now, that's called general revelation. All the whole world can see God's glory. If you saw the sunrise this morning, you saw some of God's glory. We don't worship nature. We worship the God of nature. But special revelation, special revelation is in Jesus Christ our Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, if we all looked in this mirror that I had up here a while ago, what would we see? Well, some of you wouldn't see. You wouldn't like what you saw because you hadn't liked your looks for a long time. You know, I have to be honest. After celebrating 45 years, I look in the mirror and I'm not sure I recognize. I am not the same man my wife married. First of all, when I moved here as your pastor 32 years ago, my hair was jet black. I'm talking dark, dark black, no gray. And and I'm not like, you know, one of our actors on TV that's on there every week that puts black shoe polish or something in his hair to make him look younger than he is. You know, I'm not Magnum P.I. or Tom Selleck, as some of y'all know him. I earned every one of these gray hairs all of these wrinkles in my and and I'm trying to lose weight, I really am. I first time in a long time I'm down below the two twenty mark. You say, Well, Brother Jerry, you don't look that big. Yeah. I'm just a few years ago they were considering me as a sumo wrestler for the Olympic team. <laughs> but you see what that mirror cannot show you. That mirror cannot show you the depth of your being, your soul who you are on the inside. God is the only one that sees the soul, folks, and he's the only one that knows us fully. This morning, do all of us know that God's image is stamped upon us? Do all of us know that God's majestic handprint has made us and that we're a reflection of his image? We're created in his image, and we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I know some of y'all are saying, well, that. I don't feel that way right now. I'm getting older, Brother Jerry, and there's things that don't, I can't, my get up and go has got up and gone. You know, when I get down, I try to do as many things on the floor while I'm down there, so when I get up, I will have accomplished something. I, I'm, I'm there with you. Y'all didn't notice while I go, but I had a little bit of time getting up, you know, when you're trying to move a mirror and you're trying to get up and you've got little children in front of you and they're nimble as they can be. I went by Searsville Church yesterday morning coming and going to town. I came by there, and here's a bunch of older men. I want to share with you, they were as old as I was or older. Okay, All, most of them draw on Social Security. Does that tell you how old they were? They had the audacity to have a pickup out there with the big old ladder sitting in the back of it, and they were trying to paint the sign over Searsville Baptist Church. I said, you know, when I went by, I said, that's not real smart. And then I said, you know, that's just exactly like me. Do the same kind of stuff. You know, and I hope and pray nobody falls off the lap. When I came back by, they were still trying to get that sign painted. You know, it looked like government work. Four people watching, one person doing the work. (laughs) Hear what St. Augustine said. Men go abroad to wander at the height of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of rivers, at the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motion of the stars, and they pass themselves; they pass by themselves without wondering. They pass by themselves without wondering. What is man? Why are we here? Why did God make us? Are we fearfully and wonderfully made? Do we recognize that? Do we see God working in our lives? Have we seen God working in our lives? I think it's safe to say that God loves variety and diversity. If you look at our world and look at the broad culture of our world and how God works across nations and across barriers and across languages, did y'all know the women in China, they wear pants. The men wear robes. Over in Scotland, men wear skirts. Well, I need to be careful. Some of y'all are Scottish. Those are called kilts. Okay? In America, we wear just about everything. On a Sunday morning, you can go to a cowboy church, and you see everybody in blue jeans, cowboy hats, and western shirts. Or you can come to our church, and we've got a variety. Looks like I'm about the only, well, Phillips got a tie on this morning. I really would like to take my tie off because it's, it's hot and hard to preach in a tie. God loves diversity, folks. Look at our world. God, look at all the plant life he made, all the different kinds of flowers, the birds of the air. All of creation speaks of God's Love for diversity. And sometimes we don't recognize that. Sometimes we don't recognize that Second Corinthians four seven says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Yeah, we're we're crumbled. We're a bunch of crackpots, some of us are. You say, Well, Brother Jerry, you're not being very nice. I'm not a crackpot. Oh yeah, you are. You ever thrown a pot on a wheel? I have. My undergraduate degree's in art. I can put down put a a lump of clay on the wheel and start turning it and forming it and I want to tell you it's hard to do looks easy but it's hard to do because when you start to get it up that clay if it's got too much slip in it, it'll start working left or right and sometimes it'll just collapse on you and sometimes when you put it in the fire and it goes through it breaks apart because it was fired at too great a temperature or the clay was too thick or it had a small bubble in it and it just explodes We all have flaws in us, folks. We all have imperfections. There's not a one of us here that's perfect. Even the greatest diamond in the world has a small imperfection in it. I want to share something with you. God's in the business of changing hearts, and he longs to change our heart and make our heart, mine included, more like him. We're all here by his grace. I don't think anybody here by accident. We're all here today by his grace. You know, you say, well, why do you say that, Brother Jerry? Because some of you are short stories. Hear me. Some of you are short stories. Some of you are medium-length books. And some of you are long-term novels. We're talking about short story. I've done funerals for children, babies. I've done funerals for six-year-olds, 12-year-olds. 17-year-olds, those are short stories. 40-year-old, 45-year-old, medium stories. 90-year-old, this last week, one of the greatest, wonderful, most sweet people that I've known in our church, Dot Townsend went to be with the Lord finally. Finally, she went home, finally. When I asked her children, what was their mother's greatest gift to them? You know what they all answered? Unconditional love. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. God knows our weaknesses. He works even in the midst of our weaknesses. The scripture says, when you are weak, I am strong. How can you and I know God? First of all, have you you accepted Jesus into your life? Do you recognize God's glory and his power in creation? And have you asked the Lord of life? To come into your life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You see, we were made for eternity, folks. God created us and he stamped his image on us and he sent his son to show us the full extent of his love. Who helped you come to know Jesus? Those of you that are Christians that are here. Stop and think for a moment. Was it a mother, a father, a grandmother, a granddad, a brother, sister, friend, neighbor? Who helped you come to recognize you needed to make a decision and ask Jesus into your heart? Or was it something that happened in your life? Some event that occurred. You go to the hospital and you're in the ER and all of a sudden your best friend, your spouse, your loved one, they're gone. And you stop and you think, you know, my life's life's not where it needs to be. My life's not what it ought to be. Or maybe you're in the... Delivery room, you see that new little baby come out and you say, gosh, what a, what a miracle of birth. I need to be a better dad. I need to be a better mother. I need to sit up and take and I need to be a better grandfather grandmother. I need to be a better aunt and uncle. I need, a, I need to be a, an example for this child that's been brought into the world. Or maybe you were in some kind of car wreck or tragedy and somebody died and you thought that could have been me. That could have been me if they were carting off on the ambulance where the covers pulled all the way up. Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be, Psalm 139 says. Acts says, 17, in him we live and move and have our being. You may not recognize that, folks, but God is the source of life. He's the power of life, the sustainer of life. He's the one who cares about us more than anyone else in this world. God loves us. Who have you been blessed by this morning? Who has blessed your life? Now for the main text. Look at John, 1 John, little letter of 1 John, 4th chapter, verses 7 through 12. There are three questions here this morning. What is the source of our love? What do I need to do if I've made a mess out of my life? And how am I to share the gospel? How am I to share that love with others? First question, hear God's word. Let me, I'm going to read the text in its entirety. Okay? 4th chapter, First John's little letter. Seven through 12. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love, hear this text, does not know God because God is love. This is how we know. This is how God showed us his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and this love is made complete in us. So what's the source of our love this morning? What does the text say? God is. He's the one that showed us his love. He's the one that loves us. Did you hear the text? Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. He's our source. You can't get God on Amazon. No, oh, you can get books about him. You can get a message about him. You can't order God through mail order. You can't go down and buy him at the feed store or the grocery store or anywhere else in town. God is the source of love. And by the way, you can't buy love either. Oh, you can buy lots of other things that propose itself to be love did you hear in the, the financial video God freed Dave Ramsey from all the stuff you see what bothers me the most about stuff and I have a lot of stuff please understand I'm, I'm preaching to myself here is that when families when, when I die when I'm going to be with the Lord the last thing I want to happen in my life is for my children and grandchildren to fight over my stuff there's nothing in this world folks hear me that's worth destroying a family over. But I've seen families torn apart over land, over money, over bank accounts, over rent houses, over stock portfolios, over all kinds of stuff, even an antique clock. And by the way, they're not worth a flip right now. I used to have a clock shop. You can buy a Gustav Becker German-made wall clock for less than 100 bucks because nobody has wall clocks anymore. Did you know that? The most beautiful crystal in the world that may sell for big bucks folks you can get it for 10 cents on the dollar and it's not worth destroying a family well that was mother's crystal well i never did see mother use that crystal it stayed in a china cabinet for 45 years i was afraid to touch it i was even afraid to go buy the china cabinet i was afraid it would fall and i'd get blamed for it getting broken y'all know where i'm coming from but we will destroy destroy one another over stuff. God did not intend that to happen, folks. Hear me. Some of y'all are wrestling with that right now in your own families. Brothers, sisters, at odds over money. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. That's one of the most profound statements in all of Scripture. God is love. This is how he showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son in this world that we might live through him. That's our problem. We want the Lord on our own terms. Lord... I'm going to run my life today. You take a back seat. You go sit in the closet. You go out on the back porch. Is that not the way we do? I mean, I have people. I know I've been a pastor a long time, folks. I have people that teach Sunday school on Sunday mornings sometimes and live like the devil the rest of the week. And by and large, most of our people here at this place are wonderful, gracious people. But every one of us, every one of us have flaws, and every one of us slip up, and every one of us dishonor the Lord at times in our lives. I've also lived long enough to know that some people, even Christian people, live in hell on earth. I believe there's a physical hell. But I've seen hell on earth in people's lives. And I want to share something with you. God may forgive you of your sin, but sometimes he lets you reap the results of your sin. If you sow to the flesh, the scripture's true, you reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you reap life everlasting. Have you ever broken a promise? That you made to God. Yet amazingly God still loves us. We may suffer the consequences of that broken promise. Have you ever done something you're ashamed of? What are we to do when we mess up? Second question. Hear the text. God did not send his son into the world. to Condemn the world. That's out of John 3. But to save the world through him. Now hear the text out of this passage. He sent his son. As an atoning work, God showed us his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Not that we love God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Folks, God is the author of our salvation, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. When we come to know Jesus as Lord, and we can know him as Lord by simply asking him to come into our heart. One thing I loved about Dot's Bible, I opened it up and there it is, Romans 10, 9 and 10. You know, all who confess with their mouth, all who believe in their heart, who receive the Lord will be saved. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what the scripture says. I believe God firmly wants us to live joyfully and happily in the world. Did y'all know that? Why do we have such a hard time doing that? I mean, some of us get up in the morning it's like we're a train wreck waiting to happen for somewhere else. Some of us get up in the morning and our children are train wrecks. And they do everything in their power to try to destroy the the sanctity of the family. Am I not talking to the right group? I mean, I can tell story after story, but if I told those stories, you'd know who I'm talking about. I mean, God wants us to live joyfully and fully christ and we can only do that when we know him personally and we get along with him He said, well brother jerry what are you talking about i want to tell you i've had more sleep in my life upset and destroyed by your problems he you said what are you talking about when one of y'all has marital issues guess who gets up in the middle of the night and prays for you i do When one of you loses a job and God lays you on my heart because you don't have a job and you're worried and you're worried how you're going to pay your bills, guess who prays for you? I'm one of them that prays for you. When I'm having a quiet time and God brings somebody to my remembrance, I pray for them because that's that's the most holy thing I can do for them. I prayed in my prayer last Sunday morning. I wish I could fix everybody's problems. I cannot. God's the only one that can fix problems. But I can pray for healing. I can pray for wisdom. I can pray for all kinds of things. Forgiveness. Hear the text. We believe in Jesus Christ, God's one and only son. He's a gift. From God to all who believe and receive him, and we are to live through him. If we mess up, folks, if we mess up, he's the one that can fix it. He's the one that forgives us. He's the one that helps us. Now, how can we share his love? Ironic, isn't it? Jesus came to save us. He's the one who gave his life for us. He died on the cross for our sins. He should be the focus of our affections and our desires and our hopes and our lives. But we're always fighting with him. You say, "Really, Brother Joe, I don't fight with Jesus. Oh, yes, you do. You do every time the flesh decides it wants its way. We do. Every time the flesh decides it wants its way, we fight with the Lord. I want what I want. Have you ever heard that? I'm not here to live for you. I want what I want. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Where did I hear that from? Oh, did it come from my own lips? Surely not. You see, our stubborn wills, our selfish ways, our self-justification, our, our asserting our own rights, staking our claim, saying, well, my life is mine. I have a right to live it just like I want to. Have you ever heard that? Mom, as soon as I move out of the house, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to have my own apartment. You're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going I'm to go and do what I want to do. Does that sound faintly familiar? I must not be preaching to the right group. If someone saved your life, and by the way, this is my anniversary week, this week. Eight years ago, this weekend, I had three stents put in my heart. And I'm here because Rodney Brown, my doctor, knew what he was doing to be able to put three stents in my heart and make my heart work again. Do I owe him something? Yes, I owe him my life. How do you pay somebody for that? Well, he charged quite a bit. My life's, <laughs> worth, a, my worth, my life's worth a lot more than I thought it was. But you know how I pay him back every year. I write him a letter every year, and I tell him what's happened in my life. I got to see another grandchild born. I got to go to another football game. I got to I got to be at another birthday party. I got to catch a fish with my grandson. See, I've had six grandchildren born since he saved my life. And I want to tell you, they've been one of the greatest blessings of my life Is to see those little ones born. The scripture says, the man with the white hair. I told you my hair was black when I moved here. It's the glory. He's blessed if he gets to see his children's children. If someone saved your life, don't you think you would owe them just a little? Jesus died on the cross for every person's life here, whether they realize it or not. If someone loved you when you were unlovable and helped to bail you out, to get your mess cleaned up, put your life back together, Don't you think you would have some responsibility to say thank you at least to them? So how can we share the love of Jesus? You know what? God made us to love. He made us to love. Do you know the name William Booth? William Booth started Salvation Army in the poorest parts of London. He said there were men that were born that had greater wisdom than he had, had better brains, had more skills, had more gifts, But he said, what made the difference in my life, I became convinced that Jesus had all of me. I gave my life to Jesus, all of me. I held nothing back, and God used William Booth, and he's still using Salvation Army today to meet people's needs around the world. Our young people, our adults, several in our church, a few weeks back we did a ministry Sunday. Now I understand that did not make some of y'all happy. You didn't think we ought to be out working on Sunday morning. Folks, just for the record, we worked, we came back, we worshiped, and we fellowshiped together. And the difference that it made, I have note after note after note from people that said, I didn't realize I had a neighbor that needed help. I didn't realize this would make a difference. I didn't realize taking flowers to somebody that's never had flowers that were left over from a funeral could make so much difference in somebody's life. I didn't realize that serving a meal on a Sunday to somebody that only gets three meals a week from Meals on Wheels, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and we deliver a meal on Sunday, that it would mean so much. And we hadn't even heard from the people that got the little packets of rags and soap and toothbrush and toothpaste down inside the facilities along the border, and we hadn't heard from others that got different gifts given to them, whether it was painting a house or fixing a light bulb or putting up a sign or doing a curb, painting a curb to, to help an ambulance find somebody at night to see the name on the curb, the number on the curb. See, we don't make those things. God works through his people, folks, and he never, hear me, he never meant for love to be hoarded. Love was meant to be shared. Some of us are good at hoarding things. I'm one of them. I was raised by great depression grandparents. Yeah, I save everything: string, you know, screws, nails. I pick up nails out of the, out of the parking lot. First of all, I don't want to get flat. And I do have a. So y'all know, I wand this place periodically with a magnet to get the the roofing. If y'all hadn't figured out, they're roofing houses all over Clifton. You can get a nail on nearly any street in town. So how do you know, Brother Jerry? I've already had three flats I've had to pay $15 a whack to get fixed. So it's simple for me to go out there and take a wand. And what You can ask Mike Finney. I showed him how, what I got just right across the street after they put the metal roof on our house, our church house right over here Fellowship Hall. And I have to be honest. I went and spoke directly to the man that was in charge of the roof, and I said, you need to have your guys run as magnets. Run your magnets back across because we got people getting flats from your roofing project. And he apologized and offered to give us, a, give us a discount. You see, every one of us here has gifts and abilities to be used to bless other people. And we can do that when we share the love of Jesus with others. Did you hear the text? Hear it one more time, the last part of it. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Folks, you can take that love test this morning. If you're loving people like God wants you to love them, if you're forgiving them like God wants you to forgive them, if you're walking step-in-step with Christ, you don't have to worry about your salvation. And I'll guarantee you, you'll be waking up every day looking at the sun and giving thanks for the day and saying, God, how can you use me today? How can I, a simple, ordinary person, be used this day? Rather than waking up mad at God. I've got some people, they wake up mad at God and then they're mad at the preacher because I represent God and then they're mad at the church because we didn't do this or we didn't do that. I just turn them over to God. That's what I do. Sometimes I let them stew. I let them cook. You know, when you want something really done, you let it sit on the back burner for a while and just turn it on low. You don't think that's happening. If you really want it done, you put it in a pressure cooker. My grandmother used to have one of those pressure cookers. She'd cook chicken in. Have y'all ever seen chicken cooked in a pressure cooker? It cooks it all the way off the bones. When it starts whistling, though, you better go pull it off the fire because it'll be all over the kitchen. And there's some people that they're so angry and they're so frustrated with their lives that they get mad at God. I want to tell you, God can handle your anger for whatever reason it occurs. Ask God's forgiveness. Why not live happy and joyful lives? If you want to join the children's choir tonight, you can join the children's choir and go to a swimming party out at the l Wells. Well, you say, Brother Jerry, I'm 60 years old. That's okay. They could probably use another voice. Might give you a little bit of youth. What's your excuse and my excuse for not loving like God intended? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your love always. Help us just to be your people. We're called to be your people. Help us to show it by the love that we express and share. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Our hymn of invitations, hymn number 390, I'll be at the front to receive you. Would you stand?